wanted to take an opportunity, again, between series here today, this morning, with, with school kicking back up this week. As you heard, we're so excited about school kicking back up. Parents are, kids are not, amen. But uh, with school kicking back up this week, and frankly, with all that God did uh, in our young people this summer, and what I mean by that is we had a ridiculous summer in a good way. Ridiculous is the cool thing to say now if it's amazing. Right, that makes no sense. But it was ridiculous in a good, good way. We have, look at kids camp. You had a picture of kids camp, like what God did in our kids camp. We had uh, well over 100 kids registered. We had, they said, about 80 to 85 decisions for Jesus Christ this summer at Journey Kids Camp. Isn't that awesome, man? Like what? And uh, some of those kids are just brand new and uh, just came in and found the Lord in their life. Or should I say the Lord found them. They allowed them in to their life. And uh, just a really fantastic experience. And then that was Journey Kids Camp, which was a week long. And then uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we wrapped up Rise Camp. And Rise Camp, I'm telling you, we, we had right under 100 from our church alone combined with Reach Church, who brought several students as well. And uh, we put right around 150 people on that campus, and we had kids just come and commit to the Lord for the first time or recommit their lives to the Lord. We even had kids find callings into the ministry. Like there were, uh, one, one, a kid came up to me and said, I feel called to ministry. I think three, three kids told me that. It was a fantastic experience of what God did in our church, in our young people this summer. And so, again, with school kicking back up and all that God did, in our young people this summer, I wanted to just today share my heart in that I so desperately want, as, as, as the pastor of this church, which really pales in comparison to what the Lord wants, because he, he so desperately wants to see this next generation know him. So desperately wants to see this next generation know to see this next generation be in relationship with him, to experience him on a daily inside of an established prayer life, in in a routine commitment to their Bibles, and allowing those commitments to create some healthy habits that would allow the relationship with God that they have to thrive and grow inside of every single day. I long to see that. I long to see this next generation find a place here at Journey where they know that they belong to this family of God as much as we as the older people belong to this family of God. If you believe that, would you say a good amen? And what I mean, I mean, how many know we got to see something really cool last Sunday? I mean, we got to see, what was right around 15, 18 people baptized right here at Journey Church, and some of those were just kids that, that made that decision. Little Michael, I saw him just getting baptized, and that was a real powerful thing for me to see. And, and I remember as I was just watching that, I was like, you know what, this church, how many know this church, the body of Christ is as much Michael's as it is the rest of us. He's baptized into the body of Christ as much as I'm baptized into the body of Christ. I want them to know that they belong here as much as we belong here. And that responsibility to allow that desire to happen comes down to us. As, as we have a divine obligation, scripturally, to, to teach and to install the truth of God's word into our young people so that they will be equipped to face life and understand that they are children of God more than there are children. Come on, I want my children to know more than they're my children. They're children of God, a creator that made them for a purpose and a plan. And I want them to find that purpose and I want them to find that plan for their life so that they'll embrace it and walk in it. And it's our responsibility, first and foremost as parents, and secondly, as the church, to ensure that that happens, to partner alongside homes to ensure that that happens. You see, this right here, all I've said, is a big part of the heart of God. And as the church, we are to ensure that this beautiful, 
salvation experience. Come on, how many know the experience of salvation is beautiful? Your sin was nailed to the cross. Your sins, past, present, and future, have been forgiven. It's just our responsibility to receive that forgiveness by faith and walk in it to a beautiful, beautiful eternity that awaits every believer. That's a beautiful thing. And we don't got to walk around in guilt. Come on, how many know that's a beautiful thing right there? You don't got to walk around guilty. You're forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's our responsibility as the church to ensure the beautiful salvation experience doesn't stop with one generation. Yet, we seem to be seeing churches get older rather than younger in this nation. I don't know if you know this or not, but church statistics show that the average churchgoer in America, the, or should I say the average age of churchgoers in America is 61 years old and growing. The average age of a churchgoer in America, and it's wild how those trends work right alongside European trends as far as religion. The average age of a churchgoer in America today is 61, and it seems to be growing every single year. And because of this, churches are thinning out and, and dying to a point where, watch me, and these statistics I'm sharing with you are accurate statistics. I look for, you know, these, like Lifeway Research. Lifeway Research is an accurate, accurate organization that studies church trends and attendances, and they really do their homework and everything. In the last five years alone in America, 45,000 churches closed. In the last five years alone in America, 45,000 churches closed their doors. It's a lot. New York Times put out an article just a couple of weeks ago that says, what are we going to do with the economic issue that we are facing with all of these empty church buildings that are being handed to cities? It's a problem. Don't get me wrong now. Churches are also planting, but not as much as churches are growing. It is a net loss every single week in America. With those stats, they tell us right now, beginning tomorrow, Monday, until the time we all gather back in here next Sunday, between 150 and 200 churches will close their doors in America this week. 150, 200 churches will close their doors. Churches. Communities of faith that I'm certain started out with great vigor, that I'm certain started out with great passion and vision and hope to do something great in their communities will now close their doors this week to not be reopened again. This is a problem, amen? It's a problem. And, 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 I, and I have to believe a, 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 a key reason for that problem is not because of cultural adversity. I can't stand it when people just say that. Well, you know, pastor, the world's just getting darker. No, hear me. The reason I don't like that is because history has always shown the church to grow through cultural adversity. When you put persecution on the church and culture, we just multiply. We get crazy. We're like rabbits. We just start multiplying everywhere. You start persecuting us, we grow. So I don't believe it's cultural adversity or anything like that. The world's getting darker. The reason that we're seeing churches close. I believe, and I'm certain if we had a real discussion around it that served to just be over the course of a few weeks, we could find a few different reasons. But I, I have to believe in my study of this trend that a key reason for it is simply because we are not connecting the gospel to our young people as we should be. That we, as the church today in America, I believe we've grown lazy in generation to generation evangelism. I think that as technology kind of serves to separate us, there's just becoming a divide between the older generation and the younger generation. 
And I don't believe we're making that connection as we really could be and should be. Please hear me. I'm not saying this to condemn. I'm saying this to challenge and, and allow us to correct the course of, 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 of where at least we're headed to do our part here as we are a part of the bigger part of the church of Jesus Christ here in, in, in this world. And I believe we've gone lazy in generation to generation evangelism, which again is a huge part of the heart of God. I mean, you see this all throughout Scripture. Take this, 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 this good news, take this incredible experience that I've given you, the Lord says, and serve it to the next generation. It's all throughout the Scriptures. One of my favorite portions of the Bible on this topic is Psalm chapter 78, written by the psalmist Asaph. You know, I think we mistaken the, 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 the notion that, that David wrote all of the psalms. He didn't write all the psalms. Moses wrote some of the psalms. I mean, some of these are just incredible portions that God inspired the pen of great writers. And Asaph is the author of Psalm 78. Asaph was kind of like the main worship leader of the day underneath David. He also was kind of the main worship leader as well under Solomon. He was, you know, the, the, the chief musician. He would often, in his songs, he would kind of prophesy, share a message of the Lord with the people. And Asaph was writing this, this message down that ended up being one of the songs that was sung. What we're about to read was a song that was sung in and around the people of Israel. And it says this, listen. Come on, how many know we need to do a better job listening? It says, oh, my people, to my instruction. Listen to Asaph here. He says, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Every time you see that, if somebody said listen, and then they say incline your ears to the words of my mouth, they're saying, listen, seriously, listen to what I'm about to say. I want you to really plug into what I'm saying. Because he says this, I will open my mouth in a parable. He's talking about the way scriptural truths are shared. I will utter sayings of old, things that have been handed down to us. He says, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. He's saying, let's, let's take what we've been given. Watch what it says in verse 4. And not conceal them from their children. We will not conceal them from their children, but tell the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wondrous works that he has done. It says in verse 5, For he, God, established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should teach them to their children, that the generation to come might know, even the children yet to be born, that they may arise and tell them to their children, that they, those generations even down the line, he's saying, should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Are you hearing the heart's cry of a sob, the psalmist in this verse, he's saying, we can't just let this sit here with us. We have to hand it down. This isn't meant to be one generational, but this transcends generations. This has to be the future of humanity, and our strategy to get it there has to be great. Here's the point of what we just read. Just summarize it. Ensure that this is handed down to the next generation. But it's very important to know what it is we're reading. Because when we, when you hear me say things like, ensure this is handed down to the next generation, I'm talking more than just, I, I, think, I think we think, well, just get, 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 get the Bible to them, and, and, and they'll, they'll, they'll get it. But that's not what I'm talking about here. Because, again, what are we reading? When Asaf wrote this, there was no Bible. There was no such thing as mass communication, of mass literature. There was no such thing as mass written distribution of God's law or God's commands. They didn't have this with them. So I don't know if you ever thought about that. Because when an author in a time period saying this, God's law God's way, his will, his precepts, his truths have to go down to the next generation and you don't have this, then how did that get handed down? 
this right here is what they used. They talked about it. This right here is how they got it down. They talked about it. God's law, his words, his commands, his will, his way, his precepts, his truths dominated a majority of the conversation between generations back then. They talked about it. They talked about it with great accuracy. And they said, this is what my father and mother shared with me. Let me share it with you to the point where you know it and you memorize it. And I've equipped in you an ability to share it with your children so that God's laws and ways will go from generation to generation. We want this handed down. They fitted into most of their conversation. It was routine dialogue. It was memorized. You hear this being the heart of God all the way from Moses in Deuteronomy 6, which if you've ever been uh, uh, a part of our baby dedication experience, that's the scripture that I teach you as parents during baby dedication. It's Deuteronomy 6, where God said through Moses, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And what does he say after that? And teach this to your children. And don't just teach it every once in a while. It says teach it all the while. Even when you're sitting down, talk about it. If you're standing up, Deuteronomy 6 says, talk about it. If you're walking, talk about it. If you're laying down, talk about it. Make sure that my ways and my words are always talked about. You see, the heart of many people in that day was to educate their children biblically. In God's word and law and ways. You see, that was the most cherished form of communication. It was as cherished, if not more cherished, as any other form of communication. Why? Because as Spurgeon says, truth received binds the soul to God. If I can share this truth to a place where they're receiving the truth, mm, you see, when when, when you were given the truth, it's one thing, but you had to receive the truth. And when you received the truth, I love what your soul was bound to the Lord. Think about that for a moment. And that's what he's saying. Parents, see the passion to do this in your young people. Share this truth to the point. I don't even care till you're blue in the face and they're ready just to run off because they've heard it so many times. Get it to them because if they can receive the truth, I love what's word, then their soul is bound to the Lord. They wanted to ensure that happened. They did whatever they could, many of them, to ensure that that happened. And somebody might be saying right now here this morning, Pastor, why are we saying this? Why are we hearing this today? Again, God moved in our summer. That's why. What God did in, in this church this summer is incredible. 80 to 85 elementary age and three school age kids making decisions for Jesus. Dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of students that are in middle school and high school making decisions for Jesus here at Journey Church. Do you know that right there stands in direct contrast to what the rest of this nation is experiencing overall in church trends? So we're blessed. Let me say it again, Journey Church, we're blessed. Let us celebrate that. However, let us be sober in that celebrate celebration and realize that we must ensure that we know that we have the responsibility to keep that blessing, to continue that blessing, and to make sure that blessing continues to grow. That's why I'm saying this, because the future of our church depends on this. I sat there in night three of four at youth camp while, while Pastor Jake said, I don't want a guest speaker that night. I want the Lord, I want the Holy Spirit to be the guest speaker. I just want these kids to worship a lot of the Lord just to speak to them personally. It was powerful. I'm just watching kids just for, for almost two hours just go after the Lord. Your students going after God for nearly two hours. Don't discount what they can do. Our two to three minute prayers at home aren't cutting it. Lay before the Lord. Get in his presence. Grow them. Inside of his will and his ways. It's sad 
that sometimes students got to go to youth camp to find a, a, a true connection to the Lord. What is it, God, that I can do to be a blessing to this is what I'm praying while I'm seeing this on night three. Because I, was, I, was, I started weeping, man, and I'm like, this is the future of the church. These kids are the future. Not us. Come on, how many know we're more past? I mean, we got a little future in us, amen, but I don't want to just, <laughs> I don't want to bring the room down here, but you know what I'm saying, they're, they're the future. Come on, I don't. I don't want to be a I don't want to be a church that's just known by things that happened in the past. I want to be a church known more by our future than we are by our past. I'm like these kids are the future. So I started praying for their future. God, I celebrate what's happening and I want to be sober to make sure that that blessing continues. I mean, I realize we're blessed. We're blessed, but how do we keep that blessing going? Let me share with you three things real quickly. Number one, that blessing continues through, number one, our parenting. Our parenting. And because of all those kids, I said, my goodness, they, they told me last Sunday, between both services, our 9 a.m. service is like our packed service. But we had 106 kids over in Journey Kids last Sunday. That's just a, that's what we've got. We're very blessed. And then all of the students in our, in our youth ministry, again, like, so I said all to say, we, we've got, that means we've got a lot of young families. We've got a lot of young families in this church. And, and so we have to realize how important this is. So, so allow me, if, if, if you would, to, to allow you to, to see your role in this blessing continuing here at Journey Church. Because, and, and all those kids that we have and, and these great young families, it's great because it equips a very bright future for, for, for the church and more importantly for the kingdom of God. Allow me to reiterate the importance of this role in the life of your child in relation to their spiritual well-being because it's of extreme biblical importance. Your role as a parent is the most important role. I'm sorry, I know I just hit puberty right there in that word. Maybe I'm younger than I thought, amen. But your role is of, as of extreme, is of extreme biblical importance in the life of your child. Because again, back to the people of Israel, they didn't have a Bible to go over things with them. They memorized God's law and his word and his ways and recited those to their children repeatedly. You see, their testimonies, they told them often. And you have to understand the testimony of somebody's life always surrounded back in that day who God was and what God did for them. They would always share that. And that was as important as anything else. Because I just don't want to share with you, son or daughter, what the Lord has said. I want to share with you as well what my life has been as a result of living that out personally. That's why I believe the author of the psalmist said in verse 7, can we go to verse 7 if you would, Micah, where it says, and do not forget the works of God. That's mentioned, I believe, two or three different times just in that one dialogue of that chapter. We cannot forget the importance of, of, of telling of the works and the wonderful things that God has done. We always have to talk about that as parents to our children. Son or daughter, have I ever told you what the Lord did when he rescued your mother and I from Egyptian slavery? Yes, Dad, you tell us all the time. Good, then let me tell you again so that you don't forget it ever. Come on, mom and dad, if you've been saved, if you have experienced the amazing work of salvation, then you know about the amazing work of salvation. So therefore, find times in your home to tell your kids about it. 
and give testimony to your children about all that the Lord has done for your life. Tell them in great detail about how he saved you and what he saved you from. Come on, don't hold back the details. Tell them what God has brought you through. Tell them about the storms that God brought you through. Tell them of the times that he was better to you than you were to yourself. Install into them a knowledge of the works he has done in your life because when they know what he's done for you, then they'll know what he can do for them. It's so important we share the wonderful works that God did. Never allow there to be a gap between you and your children in the context of testimony, in the context of what God has done for your life because they need to know it for the life God has given them to live. Oh, they need to know it. Testimony is so important. The reason I say that is because of one of the most sobering scriptures I've, I, I know of that exists in the Bibles in Judges chapter 2. Where Israel, in their passion to be generation to generation, fell short for a season. And it says that the generation of Israel that time got so comfortable and so almost consumed with their own life and their own generation, they forgot the next. And it says this, Judges chapter 2, verse 10. After the generation also were gathered to their fathers, meaning they all died, they, they, they went to go be with, 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 buried with their ancestors, it says, and there arose another generation after them. Watch this. Who did not know the Lord, nor the work. That's what I want to focus on here for a second. They didn't know the Lord nor the work that he had done for Israel. Do you know the work that he has done for Israel? Egyptian slavery, ten plagues, a split Red Sea. While they're on their way to the promised land, behind a very confused leader at the time, God still provided a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day, dropped manna and food from the sky just so they could eat. None of that was shared. They didn't even know the work that he had done for them. You see, when you stop telling them what God did, the testimony of someone's life is so often the doorway that leads one to get to know the person you're testifying about. Let me tell you, not only who he is, but what he's done for you. And what he's done for you, that's the connection. When you stop telling people what he even did, for some reason this previous generation just didn't see the importance of sharing and investing the testimony of who God was to them and what God did for them to their sons and to their daughters. That's why we see the emotion we do in the heart of the psalmist Asaph in Psalm 78, where a few different times he says, we have to tell our children what the Lord has done for us. We have to share of his wonderful works. Because when we stop connecting our testimony to our children, we're pulling the plug on what the gospel can do for our children. And I believe the enemy is trying with all his might to reproduce what we see in this scripture here and our today by creating such a disconnect. Never before has it, does it seem in recent history that there's been such a divide between the older and the younger generations. But I believe that God, Journey Church, is raising up parents, even here, who will say, not in my house, Satan. Not in my kids, Satan. Before my kids leave the house, before my kids fly the coop, or whatever you want to call it, they will know what the Lord can do through them and for them because of what the Lord has done for me. Can I get a parental amen up in this house this morning? That blessing continues through our parents. Number two, that blessing continues through our, this is all of us now, not just parents, the church as a whole, praying for them. If you were to just survey your prayer life in 2019, 
How many times did you just drop to your knees and have conversation with the Lord and plead before the Lord, God, that he would save the children in our neighborhood, that he would save the next generation to come, that he would use the church? How much have you been praying for your youth pastor and your children's pastor and those teams to be effective in their evangelism efforts to try and raise up the gospel message in the streets? How much have we been praying that this gospel goes to the next generation? Or have we been so consumed with our own needs and our own lives that we've forgotten? That's the culture the enemy wants to create in Judges chapter 2, that he created in Judges 2, that he wants to create in 2019. Pray for our young people. And you know what I mean when I say pray, right? Because in the emoji series, we talk about what praying for others actually means. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. First of all, he said, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, especially our young people. In this context, we're talking about our young people. This is more than just 30-second convenient prayers, God save them, amen. Because the first word is supplication. What does that mean? It means to petition. I mean, no, when you're passionate for something in a cause, you want to get people to sign a petition. It means to entreaty, to position the Lord in a knelt posture or a bent posture. So if you can't get on your knees, then right where you're standing, bend before the Lord, meaning in humility, go to the Lord and say, please. I need you to sign every single young person up for salvation. I need you to do. We want this next generation to know you, Lord. Cry out before him. How many know that's more than just God save them? Amen. And the word, the next word is prayers. What does the word prayer mean? The word prayer means literally in the Greek, it's proseche which means conversation with the Lord in a set-apart place. Meaning you are taking a separate time and finding a separated place to have conversation with the Lord about your desire to see the next generation know Him. Intercessions. You know what the word intercession means? We talked about it again. It's just a word that means interview where we get the word interview from, it's interviewing the Lord. Lord, tell me everything that I need to know so that I can pray for them and against the strategies the enemy has for them. Where is he attacking this next generation? What is, what is, what is he doing in this next generation that I can pray against? And how can I help? Lord, I need to know what part can I play? How can I pray? How can I serve? Help me know what I need to know so that this next generation doesn't go. But they remember. And thanksgiving. Come on, that means just what it means. You're taking just a special time to just say, I thank you, God, for young people. Thank you. Thank him for what he did this summer. Thank him. Thank him for what he's going to do next summer. Come on, that blessing continues. Come on, we're blessed. And that blessing continues through our prayers. And lastly, not only does that blessing continue through our parenting of them, our prayers for them, but lastly, our personal commitments to them. And this is another one that is for every single one of us. We have to commit to them outside of our prayer closets to connect the gospel. Because here's my point. How will they get it if we're not giving it? How will they live it if we're not living it? If we're not personally committing to them to teach it to them personally. We cannot allow our children just to find it on their own. It's up to us to give it to them through our commitment. And some of these kids don't even have the blessing or benefit of having, right now at least, a mom or dad that has a relationship with the Lord. Some of our kids, some of our students here come to us from unchurched homes that you have been a part of evangelizing, extending that invitation to a neighbor, your child inviting somebody else to come. And some of our students don't have that. 
Let's number them. They don't have that blessing yet to have a mom or a dad that has a relationship with the Lord. And until that happens, how many know that responsibility is ours? We are, you are, men, that male faith role model for the life of these young men. You are, sisters, that female faith role model for these kids so that they can see what a male adult looks like in the faith. So they can see what a female adult looks like in the faith. Come on, how many know? We are to be the role models for this next generation. We are. Not celebrity culture. Come on, say a good amen in this house right now. Not celebrity culture. We are. I asked a, I asked a young lady recently, I was like, who do you want to be like? And I, this was after a great spiritual experience. And I expected him to say, my mom or Missy or his name, some deacon or somebody like that. You know his dad? Kim Kardashian. Oh, I just want to be like her. Oh, I was just like, unbelievable. Kim Kardashian. And I was like, <laughs> I, said, you know, I, said it with, I said it nice, but I'm like, you think Kim Kardashian like really cares about you, like really cares about you. And you're like, I go, let me just help you. Kim Kardashian wouldn't give you a quarter to make a phone call. And they looked at me like, why do I need a quarter to make a phone call? <laughs> and I realized in that moment, I'm older than I thought I was in that moment. My childhood and your childhood are different childhoods. Amen. And if you don't got a quarter, 1-800-C-O-L-L-E-C-T. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? But we are the real role models for our young people. And that is found and made happen through the doorway of relationship. Connecting yourself to them. And that's what I love about Journey Kids. And that's what I love about Journey Youth. They are great and safe platforms to create a meaningful connection with the future of the church. Pray for them and serve over there if you get the opportunity. Because those are incredible ministries that have beautiful strategies. They're going to build beautiful futures. Come here, Pastor Jake. Speaking of, we are launching a brand new format at Journey Youth beginning next month. And I want you to hear this. And the reason I want you to hear this is so that we can know to pray about it, pray for it, because it's big. What he's about to say, I believe, will, and I'm praying for and dreaming for in the next year to fill this room with young people. Share it, brother. Amen. Well, it's our duty, as we're learning this morning, to propel our students into a deeper faith, right, into a deeper relationship with God, deeper connections with both him and one another. And God has been impressing something on our youth team for, for about a year now, specifically myself. And we've promoted, promoted this to our students uh, over the summer saying the S is coming, the letter S, the S is coming, which will make sense here in a second. But it all started with God asking me, how are we using our energy as a youth team, hmm. as a youth pastor? How are we using our energy to reach students, to disciple students, to get them into a deeper relationship with him? And in that, kind of developed a heart and a vision for just a new way of doing youth. Something I don't like to do as a youth pastor, as a father, as a husband, or, or, or any, any aspect of my life is, you know, always doing something just because that's how it always has been done. Right. You know, and the way we've always connected and, and uh, done ministry for students is having a youth group, right? Journey Youth is a youth group. Since the 50s, when an organization called Young Life launched, we've had a youth group in our churches. And those were, those were a night set aside to where the teenagers have their own uh, worship, their own message, their own, their own time together. Like, that was set aside for them. And that's great. That's been a great, successful strategy. But, you know, things change, times change, communities change, and God's vision for communities change. And mm -hmm. I think that's what he's been pressing on our hearts the last uh, year, year and a half, as this whole strategy has been being developed. And so what we want to do is going forward with Journey Youth starting in September, is we want to help get our students to a whole nother level to God. Because we want to let them know that they are not just a youth group, mm. but they are the youth of the church. 
Amen? Amen. Amen. The whole goal of what we're about to do is to make sure our students know that they're not just set apart because they need their own night, right? Because all we've been doing is trying to replicate what we have here on Sunday mornings. And 50 years ago, 20, 30 years ago, like that was needed. You I grew up, youth. yeah, like pink carpet, wooden chairs, organ. Pink carpet with pee on it. Like there you go. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, that's, that is like, okay, well, let's do something with students, kind of their, their style, their level. And that's why we do kids. And it's all, there's all reason for it, and it's great. But, I mean, look at this place. Look around you. You know, everything in here would be attractive to a young person, you know, from, you know, this auditorium to our pastor to our worship. And when My I say God. attract to the pastor, Amen. I mean every Amen. bit about him. But, you know, it's like, so, so are we using our energy wisely just trying to, you know, every Wednesday night, just trying to replicate what we hear, what we have here on a Sunday morning? So instead, we're going to try something new. And this is where the S comes in. No longer just a youth group. We are going to be youth groups. And so what that means is this. We're going to break down our, our youth ministry into, into homes, into places that students can get on a whole nother level with their creator. Because I want to be strategic about what we're doing, about how we're getting students to a personal commitment. Because I love my youth pastor growing up. I don't remember a single message he ever gave. But I remember the times that I spent with him and my other youth leaders outside of that service experience. So we're going to put that in homes. And starting in September, we're going to have a strategy that is twofold. And it's this on the screen behind me. We're going to do the first Wednesday of each month. We're going to call that Ignite. And that's going to be here on the Journey Church campus. It's going to be a full service experience. We are going to have, you know, full worship, full production, impressions, all that just as a way to get students in here on our campus familiar with us, a place where our students who currently call Journey Church home to bring their unchurched friends, right? And we're going to preach the gospel. We're going to show them what it means to follow God. We're going to have games. We're going to do big prizes. We're going to, you know, feed them. And we're just going to make this an experience on that first Wednesday. And also, where the groups comes in is that every other Wednesday of the month, we are going to go into homes here in our community that are hosted by, like myself, some of our youth leaders, maybe in the future some of you, where they're surrounded with just their peers, and put in a place to where they can have a little bit of worship experience, but also kind of get into the word and have time for discussion and connection. Because I want them to be able to ask questions and to respond. I want them to be able to wrestle with their faith. Because in the service experience, we don't get that opportunity, right? But that's why groups are so important, even to you adults. That's why Pastor Danny has taken on groups in the last two years, because we need, as adults, to have places where we can have discussion and give feedback and talk about it. And students especially, because they've got so much coming at them that why aren't we in the church giving them more regular uh, opportunities to have these discussions and to have these these formats. So going forward in September, it's no longer just going to be an every Wednesday night thing here at the church where I'm giving a message, we do a little bit of worship, and then we send them home, play a goofy game, whatever. We're going to be more intentional with our energy. Amen? Amen. And so that's what Journey Youth is going forward. Ignite first Wednesday, and the remaining times we're going to have homes opened up. We're going to start in September with two homes, my home here in Troy, and we're going to have a home in Winsfield because we have a lot of people coming from St. Charles County that we want students to be able to invite their friends and maybe have someplace closer to go. So going forward, there's going to be opportunities to serve. So what I want to do is open up an interest meeting next Sunday morning. After each service, I'll be available in the Dream Room, like 1030 and 1230, because if you've ever wanted to serve uh, the youth group, students, and, you know, maybe you've talked to us or maybe you didn't know how to approach us, we want that, uh, that opportunity, th- those interest meetings, to be a place where I can say, hey, this is what it's going to look like for our Ignite services. Because while we have a, a core youth dream team, they're like our deacons, right? They're with students on a, on a weekly basis, three or four times a week. They're, they're pastoring these students. But what we want to do is surround those Ignite evenings, experiences with a support team, everywhere from the impressions to the production to worship and all these things. So if you're interested in serving in that capacity, let us share with you. And maybe you have a calling into youth ministry at some level, like another level, because people come to us all the time, hey, I want to serve the youth, I want to serve the youth. And then myself or Nancy will say, well, here's what it takes. And then we just get that wide-eyed look like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize you guys. Like even our dream teams, like, like I said, three or four times a week, there's something going on, there's an event you know, there's a meeting, there's a time you got to go counselor student. 
So maybe we're not all at that level, but maybe you have been called to that level. Let me talk to you. Let's figure that out because we need people that love on students that gets them to this. Amen. So we will be intentional. We want to be open. And we just want to do what God's telling us to do, even if that means changing what we've always done. Wow, that's good. I'm going to be thankful for our youth pastor. Amen. <laughs> Pastors, amen. So we stand with Pastor Jake and Nancy and this team. And I encourage you to, no, you can stand, actually, Sam, you're good. But uh, we do, we support that. And uh, I encourage you to pray about being part of those interest meetings next Sunday. Be part of that. If anything, pray. Pray for that strategy to unleash itself. Right now, our kids, if you are in middle school, uh, high school, or college, I want you, if you would, to make your way to the back of the auditorium because we're going to create a little line here that's starting here with our young people. Can we just welcome our little ones that are making their way into the room right now? Come on, if you're in middle school, high school, or college, I want you to head to the back. We've got, uh, who's back there? Mike, Mr. Mike's going to be back there. And we want, we want to create a line because I prayed about how to close this service. Middle school, high school, or college. We prayed about how to close this service here today. And I just, I, I felt the Lord just tell me to literally pray for every, every single young person we have in this church. And to lay hands on them. And to just connect my faith with them, the faith of our leadership with them. And just pray blessing on their school year because how many know God has a plan for their life this school year journey church they're listening how many know God has a plan for their life this school year amen amen and an enemy has a plan for their life this school year and we're going to see to it that the enemy's plans fail in their life and that God wins every single time. We're going to believe that God overtakes their school year where they'll walk out of this school year stronger than they walked into it. How many are going to believe alongside me for that? So I, I want to I want to ask our uh, Journey Kids leadership team, if, if, you're, if you serve at Journey Kids on our dream team, just come over here. I want to kind of form a tunnel. And then Journey Youth, I want our leadership team and Journey Youth, if you guys would, just to come, I want you to form a tunnel over here. We're going to kind of parade them in, but we're going to pray, so it's more like a, a prayer raid. All right, amen. I, I know it's corny, amen. I know it's corny. But you know, the scripture that's been on my heart for this moment is in Timothy, and I, and I, love, I love this scripture in Timothy. First of all, I love, I love Timothy altogether, because it's, it's, it's a dialogue between an older and a younger, between an older Paul the Apostle who's writing in the 60s and 70s, and a young Timothy who's 16 years old at the time of this writing. And Paul writes this, go to verse 3, if you would, the very, very beginning of it. I thank God whom I serve. He's talking to Paul, I th or he's talking to Timothy. Timothy, I thank God whom I serve, as my ancestors did. Again, just giving honor to what has been done before him. And with a clear conscience, as night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Come on, how many know it's more than just a Jesus save him, amen. He says, I constantly remember you. I can't get you out of my mind when I pray for you. This is what the church needs to look like. And he says this, recalling your tears. Again, he knows the times, he knows the emotions that Timothy has gone through and experienced the struggles. He says, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. It's just awesome being with you. And look what it says next. And I love this part here. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois. Just calls out his grandma right there. Puts her on spiritual blast. Like, let's honor your grandma. Come on, anybody got a godly grandma? Come on, anybody got a grandma that prayed for you? Come on, I mean, I'm talking. And he's honoring her. And he goes, and in your mother Eunice. That godliness, that gospel, that law went down into her heart too. That truth was transferred 
talking to your mother Eunice, giving props to Eunice, y'all. Eunice is a hero. Lois is a hero. And Paul's seeing that. And I love it because of it. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. Come on, how many know it can't just sit there? we got to start helping that fire burn brighter and brighter and brighter. There's beautiful flames that God has installed in every single young person here. And it's our job as the church. This is what I love about Paul says. I didn't start it. Your grandma Lois started it. And your mom Eunice continued it. But I'm here to just help fan it. I'm here to keep it going. I'm here to partner with what it is that they have done and make sure it burns bright, he says, in you through the laying on of my hands. And that's very important that we pray. So I want to close the service experience today just by praying for every single young person and believe alongside their school. So as you see them, whether uh, you look to your right and you see them up against the wall there or you see them as they make their way here, just stretch your hands towards them and let's just pray for them. Pray that God blesses them. Pray that God fills his spirit, uh, fills their life with his spirit more so this year than he ever has before. Pray that God blesses their homes and God gives mom and dad more strength than they've ever had before too. And that they are used of God to keep that truth going in. And maybe we're outside of the parenting realms here right now and just be praying, God, bless these homes and lead me in how I can help. Hallelujah. So as we worship, come on, let's just begin to pray here today. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we thank you for the privilege that we get to do this at the start of every school year. God, to be able to bless these incredible, incredible young people. God, we thank you for their lives. We thank you for who they are. Oh, God, we thank you for Shelby, God. We thank you for Connor. Oh, Lord, we thank you so much for Brooklyn, Lord. We just pray blessing in their lives for Nicholas, God, and Isaiah, Avery, Lord. God, we thank you so much just for who they are. God, bless Victoria, we pray. Lord, we thank you so much, God, for every single student, God. Bless Donovan, I pray, God. We just honor you so much, Lord. God, we thank you so much. Oh, Lord, we anoint them, God. We bless them. We speak strength over them, God. We speak boldness in their life, God. Boldness, boldness and power, God, to live for you. God, inside of a generation, God, that doesn't like to live for you on display, Lord, but they're going to be beautiful displays of light and flames, God, in their universities, Lord, and where you're calling them, God, to great futures. We just honor you for that in the name of Jesus, God. We bless, we bless, we bless, we bless the futures, God. We bless the futures of the future of this church. Hallelujah. Journey Church, would you give God a good amen? Hallelujah. Hey. Hey, let's sing these words real quick. You are good. Yeah. Good. Oh, you are good. Good. Father, I just thank you so much for the ability to experience that right there. Lord, I pray that we see ourselves as more than just a group of people in this room. Oh, God, but that we would see ourselves as a group of stewards who's been given a precious responsibility to raise up the next generation into you. Lead us today. Let what we hear become habit, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. Can you give God praise one more time for all that he allows us to be part of? Amen.